think about what kids learn in the first five years. It's obviously the fundamentals of life, how to walk, how to talk, go to the toilet, eat, communicate. Those early years are when 90% of the brain development actually happens. But in Australia, there's a disjointed approach to how we care for those young minds and bodies. Today, the federal government is convening a summit to discuss what needs to change in order to streamline care for younger kids and, well, make our system better. Amanda Rishworth is the Minister for Families and Social Services and our guest this morning. Welcome. Great to be with you. What is the current state of early years care in this country? Well, look, if we look at across the board, and it's not just early years education, it is our health, our primary health care, it is about support for parents. There, There is a, a lot of areas where Australia does well in. Uh, Immunisation is, is one of those areas, but uh, there's areas where we do need to do better. And I think if we look at some of the uh, results uh, down the line, whether they're education results or other others, we can see that we're either stagnating or actually going backwards. So we need to be investing uh, in the early years, I think, in a much more coordinated way uh, so that we can get the best outcomes for children, but also their families. Some would argue we know all of this. You've got all the research before you. Why do you need to have a summit or a talk fest to, to go to action? It's all before you, isn't it? Well, look, what we've got is a lot of siloed uh, information and what we need to do is bring that all together in how we make sure uh, that uh, the systems, the policies, the programs are better integrated, uh, but importantly have the voice of families and uh, children at the centre. Often programs and interventions are developed without the voice of families and uh, knowing what they actually want and need. So bringing uh, those with the research and the expertise along with families and children is really important if we're going to get a system that works for them. Okay, so what sorts of proposals are on the table? What, what, by the end of the day, what are you going to walk out with? Well, what we want to walk out with is the start of developing our strategy. At the beginning, we want to talk about can we discuss what is the vision we want for our children in this country? Where are some of the gaps um, that have emerged? Where are some of the duplications? Where are things not actually working together? And how can we better coordinate across the Commonwealth and, of course, align with the states and territories? So there's a significant amount of work to be done, but certainly when I speak to parents, um, one of the big things they tell me is that they don't know if a system is in health or in education uh, and where to go for that extra help and support. So it's, it is about making sure the gaps are filled, but that the systems are easier for parents to navigate as well. Earlier in the show, we heard about the situation for children with delayed speech, right? There's a patchwork approach right, right around the country and there's staggeringly a two-year waiting list for support, which is really, really too late when you're dealing with a speech delay to, to try and intervene and, and help these kids get on track. This is replicated for a range of health and social problems. 
What are you going to do about it? How quickly can you commit to turning that around? Well, look, this isn't going to be easy to turn around overnight, but what we don't even have in the Commonwealth is a coordinated, uh, strategic approach to these issues. So um, we're really starting, uh, like I said, there's programs in place at the moment, but in terms of that coordination, it's, 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 not, it's not happening as well as it could be. So when it comes to areas like that, we need to identify where, where are the gaps, where are the significant problems, but where are the programs that may be duplicating and not delivering necessarily the outcomes we want. So I'm really keen to be outcomes focused um, and, it, and it isn't all up to the Commonwealth. There is working with the states and territories. So some of our, our job is about looking at what the states and territories do and aligning what the Commonwealth does uh, alongside and cooperatively with what states and territories do. If families don't have private health care, they can be waiting for years to get medical help. In, in the Hunter Valley, for instance, you, you can wait between two to four years to get help for an ear, nose and throat specialist. And that, of course, again, compromises children's development to adulthood. Is, is there going to be a commitment to try and bring those waiting times down as well out of this, this meeting? Is that the kind of goal you'll have to try and meet those sorts of goals? Well, what we're going to try and do in the development of the strategy is look at where we need to go, where the gaps are, and how we might get there. So uh, looking across the board um, uh, at at different gaps in terms of service provision and what is, is impacting children's development is absolutely what we want to identify and then have a pathway about what we want for our children. Where do we want the investment to go? So that is a, a big discussion. I think for a long time it's it has sat in different buckets. You know, is that education? Is that health? Is that disability support? And of course, we know that it's all integrated uh, entirely. So it is about working through those and looking at making sure the services are there when people need them. And I think what you've identified is that it's not equal around the country. Um, in rural and regional areas, we know access to some of these uh, uh, supports and services is not equal to those in metropolitan areas. So that is some of the areas we want to look at is where does the extra heavy lifting need to happen as well. When we look at this year's Closing the Gap statement, First Nations children's school readiness, child removal rates and incarceration rates went backwards. So actually the, the kids in our country that are suffering the most are Aboriginal and Torres Strait Islander kids. Will they be the to at the top of the agenda today? Uh, look, there is a significant focus as we have discussion on those children uh, that are most at risk of falling behind, of not getting support. And as you've properly identified, First Nations children are absolutely one of those groups of people that we don't see the outcomes we need to see. And so uh, there is a significant focus today in the summit and how we can best lift those that are falling behind the most or at, or at risk of falling behind the most up. And so there will be a focus uh, particularly on First Nations children as well as, for example, children from culturally and linguistically diverse backgrounds uh, and children with disability. Um, so we, there is a focus, of course, in how we not only best support those children but how we intervene early to make sure we're not dealing with these issues and are there things that we can put in place for prevention. On Monday, we spoke to the children 
Children's Commissioner Anne Hollands about her push for a children's minister. Now, I know you're not the Prime Minister, but do you think there's a case for such a role? for, for me, I want to hear different perspectives. What Anne is, is, has identified is making sure that children have a voice. Um, you know, one of the things, and I've often said, there was that old saying, children should be seen and not heard. That That's not right. And I think um, what Anne's pointing to is how do we best ensure uh, that children's perspectives, children's voices are embedded in policy. I'm not wedded to a particular model of how that should happen, um, but I definitely understand her call of making sure that children uh, are not uh, not just seen and not heard, but actually embedded. And already um, Minister Ali, for example, uh, we've reset up the Office for Youth. We're re-engaging. That's with older, older uh, people, but um, um, we really are committed to looking at what structures we can put in place to ensure the voice of children um, and their families are embedded ongoing in policy decisions because, of course, the strategy is about the blueprint forward, but we are going to need to have uh, constant feedback of whether we're achieving what we set out to do, and that involves making sure children uh, do get to have their voice heard. Just finally, in turning to the social services portfolio, yesterday the unemployment level went up from 3.5% to 3.7%. That means more than 11,000 Australians, um, well, there were 11,000 fewer jobs in the market. Given uh, people have to stay on the unemployment benefit in those sorts of situations, do you think there's going to be a strong case made at these very, very difficult times for uh, an increase to job seeker? Well, look, we know people are, are doing it tough and, and people on JobSeeker are no different to that. Um, the unemployment rate did slightly tick up, um, uh, but it is still at 3.7%, which is, um, you know, pretty low in the context of history. But when it comes to um, support for people on JobSeeker, um, obviously we have the Economic Inclusion uh, Committee that was set up having a look at... Uh, and advising through the budget process. Um, there will be indexation. I think it's important to recognise indexation does happen on JobSeeker twice a year and the next uh, indexation based based on CPI will be in March. So we do need to be very cognisant and uh, support people, um, you know, if they find themselves uh, unemployed, that we do have an adequate safety net um, and that work will continue through the Economic Inclusion Committee but also through our budgetary process. Minister, thanks for joining us. Thank you. Amanda Rishworth is the Minister for Families and Social Services. You're listening to ABC RM Breakfast. Stream any ABC radio station live and on the go. Discover new podcasts, music and audiobooks, all free on the ABC Listen app.